to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. I'm Howie Silbiger. You're... <laughs> Right here on the Howie Silverger Show, right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Uh, you could feel free to call in the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation. Right here on truetalkradio.com is 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292 is the number to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silverger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. We have a wonderful show for you, a great show, a show that will be uh, long-lasting in your brain. You're, you're going to remember the show for a long time. And the reason for that is that we are talking about uh, Nazis. Uh, we are. <laughs> and uh, it's not an unusual thing to talk about, Nazism. It's not an unusual thing to think about. As we know, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of people out there who still subscribe to the Nazi ideology, which is kind of scary when you think about it. But there are a lot of people out there who hate Jews and who subscribe to Nazi ideology. And uh, and it might not be their fault. And uh, I'm not being an apologist for them. And God forbid I should be an apologist for Nazis. I'm not being an apologist for them. But it might not be their fault. You might, you might not be able to blame the Nazi sympathizers for liking Nazis. I know it's a weird thing to say. And it's not something that I say lightly, and it's not something that I, I promote on, on a regular basis. This is not an ideology that I, uh, that I promote on a regular basis, but it is true that you might not be able to blame Nazis for being Nazis. 500 neo-Nazi cells were uncovered in Brazil last year. This is according to um, the, uh, uh, the figure was cited in Tel Aviv at the annual Global Forum for the New York-based Jewish Committee which included a plenary with seven international anti-Semitism envoys and came weeks after the launch of the U.S. national strategy to counter anti-Semitism. Now, here's the quote. People in Latin America tend to think that this anti-Semitism happened in Europe, uh, said Fernando Lautenberg, the Organization of American States Commissioners for Monitoring and Combating Anti-Semitism. It's not as strong as it is in the U.S., but it's gaining traction. The speakers in Tel Aviv noted that the governments of the world over have joined the struggle against anti-Semitism that freely fell to Jewish community leaders alone, appointing scores of envoys to combat the scourge and adopting the IHRA working definition of anti-Semitism. Still, the European Union special envoy conceded that this government support was not being felt by the Jewish communities across Europe, which feel increasingly insecure. Here's the quote. Anti-Semitism has to be addressed in a more coordinated way fostering Jewish life free from security concerns, the European Commission's coordinator on combating anti-Semitism, Katharina von Sturbrein, said, we don't see the changes uh, is felt across the board in Jewish communities. She noted that anti-Israel views are often infused into the anti-Semitism facing European Jews. We know that Jews sometimes hide their identity in, their, in Europe because of their questions asking what their prime minister is doing, she said. Many people have, have positions on Israel without ever being there, she told the Tel Aviv gathering. It starts with the Jews, but it doesn't stop there, von Sturbrand said of anti-Semitism. Now, Edo Verdoner, the government-appointed national coordinator to the counter-anti-Semitism in the Netherlands, said, the big incidents will be condemned. 
The real problems are day-to-day, he added, decrying the growing indifference of the multitudes, coupled with the noxious influence of social media in the country of Anne Frank. Lord John Mann, an advisor to the British government on anti-Semitism, said, There is an intimidation of silence of people being shunned and not being confident in being themselves. He cited a growing awareness of the problem in the UK with three parliamentarians, including former Liberal Party leader Jeremy Corbyn, being ousted for anti-Semitism. What we once thought was a European problem has become an American problem, said Rabbi Andrew Baker, the AJC's Director of International Jewish Affairs. Baker, who also serves as a personal representative of the Organization for Security and Cooperation of Europe in Europe, a chairperson in office on combating anti-Semitism, noted that as recently as last year, the feeling in the U.S. government was that anti-Semitism should be addressed as part of a broader effort to combat intolerance. Now that there is an understanding that anti-Semitism is a unique problem and not just a subset of other forms of intolerance, he said. Many Americans are frightened and concerned, said Deborah Lipstadt, the U.S. Special Envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. She said she was recently approached by a New York Jew who said that they replaced their yarmulkes with baseball caps when riding the subway. This is 2023 Upper West Side Manhattan, Lipstadt said. The optimists are asking if this is 1933, while the pessimists are asking if it's 1938, she noted. To that question, I say no, Lipstadt said. At that time, anti-Semitism was from governments, including our own State Department, which made it impossible for Jews to get into the U.S. Today, nearly eight decades after the Holocaust, we have much to be thankful for, she said. And yes, we do have much to be thankful for, but we also have much to be scared of. And one of the things we have to be scared of is the fact that in New York, Jews are being attacked indiscriminately on the street. We see it every summer. We've seen it every summer for the last seven years. I've been covering it for seven years, uh, New York Jews being attacked on the street for being Jewish. And I have no reason to believe that this year will be any different than all the other years, that Jews will not be attacked. I have no reason to believe that Jews will not be attacked on the streets of Manhattan, on the streets of Brooklyn, in New York City. I'm almost 100% sure that this year, like every year before this year, unfortunately, Jews will be attacked on the streets of New York. And I'm 100% sure, as I was uh, in the last seven, eight years, that the New York City government will do nothing to stop the attacks on Jews. This has been the trend. This has happened continuously. And I am almost positive. Now, I could be surprised, and I hope I am. I really hope that I'm going to be surprised this year But I'm almost positive that this year is going to look like every other year with Jews being attacked on the streets, Jews being beaten on the streets, Jews being uh, maligned, and the government doing nothing to protect the Jewish population, and the police doing nothing to protect the Jewish population, and nobody doing anything to protect the Jewish population. 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. 1-877-669-1292. Now, 500 neo-Nazi cells were uncovered in Brazil last year. Why is anybody surprised by this? Uh, The Jewish News Syndicate called it a shocking number. I I don't find it shocking at all. Why would it be shocking? Many, 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 many Nazis escaped to South America after the war. In fact, they were living openly in South America. Nobody cared that they were there. Nobody watched out for them. Nobody came after them in South America. And South American governments did not extradite them to countries that wanted to prosecute Nazi war criminals. So they all ran to South America, Brazil, Chile, Argentina. They all lived there. Mangala, 
He lived in Brazil for his entire life. He ran away from Germany and lived in Brazil. While the world was looking for him, the Brazilian government knew exactly where he was. And so many other people. And so when you tell me that there are 500 Nazi cells that were uncovered in Brazil last year, I say, I'm surprised it's only 500. Because there were Brazilian towns, there were towns in Brazil that spoke German exclusively after the war. These were Nazi criminals that went to Germany after the war, uh, went to uh, Brazil from Germany after the war. And their goal in Brazil was to create a Fourth Reich. They were going to create the Fourth Reich from Brazil and then recreate the glory of the Reich across the world. This was their goal. Uh, there's a couple of good books and a couple of good movies about this, um, but that's, that was their goal. You could, you could look them up yourself. That was the goal. And so the remnants of the Nazis going to Brazil after the war and going to Argentina after the war and going to Peru after the war, the results of that are, they're, 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 first of all, their offspring. Second of all, the offspring of their friends. Third of all, the offspring of the people that they recruited to help them build the Fourth Reich. And those people, these ideologies don't disappear. I don't, I don't know why, and, and this drove me crazy from the time I was a kid. I don't understand why anybody would believe, even for a second, that when a Nazi war criminal, uh, when, 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 I'm sorry, when an ideology takes over a country, so when the Nazis took over Germany and then invaded Poland, took over Poland and Czechoslovakia and every other country surrounding them, and, and infused their ideology into those countries and said, okay, the Jews are vermin, we are the Nazis, the, uh, the Reich is, 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 is the only thing that matters, and we are going to um, we're going to rule the world, and this is the correct way to do it. And we could kill your Jews because they're inhumane. If we could do that, and we could say, um, and and we could believe that, and then people believed it, and people went and they chased down Jewish neighbors and they murdered Jewish neighbors, and nobody had a nobody had a problem killing Jews. They bought into the ideology. When the Reich was destroyed, when, when the Germans were defeated, why would anybody assume, anybody with a rational mind, anybody who, who, who has half a brain, why would anybody assume that that ideology would just disappear with the death of the Reich? That Hitler put a bullet in his head and suddenly his ideology disappeared, everybody forgot about it. It doesn't work that way. If people actually believed that Jews were vermin and Jews had to be destroyed and believed in the Nazi ideology... While Hitler was alive, when the Reich was defeated, when Hitler was defeated and the Nazis were defeated, for some people, that ideology would have been cemented in. That ideology would have been that what that ideology would have been would have been justified. Oh no, the infidels, the 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 horrible people. I'm using I'm using the infidel term because the the Muslims who who decided to destroy Israel, the Muslims who come after Jews modeled themselves after the Nazis. So I interchange the words sometimes, uh, infidels and, uh, and Nazis, uh, Muslims and Nazis. Uh, I, I, I interchange the ones who want to kill Jews. I'm not talking about all Muslims, just the ones who want to kill Jews. Those Muslims uh, and the Nazis are pretty much the same to me. The, uh, the Mahmoud Abbas's of the world, the Yasser Arafat's of the world, the Iranians, the Iranian government of the world, these people are Nazis to me. 
And and in the true sense of Nazis, not the sense that uh, you know lefties call everyone a Nazi. On the true sense of Nazis, they want to eradicate the Jewish people. They want to um, they want to kill Jews. They want to they, they want to commit genocide. So so I believe them when they tell me I want to kill you. I believe them. I believe them strongly. I I have no reason not to believe them. When when, when an enemy comes to me and says to me I want to kill you, I have very little reason to not believe them. I'd have to be crazy not to believe somebody who says, I want to kill you. And I'd have to be crazy not to do something and not to take actions to protect myself and my people. And now, now, I know, I know that taking actions to protect myself and my people may cause other people to be upset, may cause other people to object. And I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. Why do I have to care what other people think? <coughs> Sorry about that. Just getting over a little bit of a cold. Why do I have to care what other people think? Why does it have to bother me what other people say and what other people think? I couldn't care less. And the state of Israel shouldn't care less either. And people hunting Nazis shouldn't care. There was a Nazi that was caught not long ago, just a couple of months ago. He's 101 years old, and they're saying he's too old to try. He's too feeble. His, his age and his, his health is too weak for him to go on trial. I have to care about the health of a Nazi? Did he care about the health of the people he shoved into gas chambers? Did he care about the health of the people he put into the ovens of Auschwitz? Did he care about the people he lined up in front of the ditch and shot like animals, like, like rabid animals? Did he care about them? He didn't. He just did it. He went and he just murdered all these people. So why should I care about his feeble health now? He murdered thousands of people. And I should care about how he feels? We're being too humane to these people. And I use the term people very lightly because I, I don't believe that the Nazis were people. People can't commit these kind of atrocities to each other. People can't do this to each other. Some kind of monsters the Nazis were. So I prefer to refer to them as monsters than people because I don't want to insult people. I really just don't want to insult people. But I have to care about the health of a Nazi war criminal? I say, don't even give him a trial. Just identify him. Ensure you have the right guy. And hang him in a public square. Put a sign around his neck with the swastika on it. Say, this is what happens to Nazis. Set the example that if you're going to follow that ideology and you're going to promote the genocide of Jews, then you won't live to see tomorrow. It's time that people started fearing committing anti-Semitism, anti-Jewism. It's time they started fearing this. Because the lack of fear, the lack of believing that the Jewish population is going to do something, the Jewish population is going to retaliate, the Jewish population is going to do something, some kind of repercussion is involved in this, the lack of that feeling is exactly why we keep seeing attacks on the Jewish people. 
I keep saying this and I go back to this and people always yell at me because I say this and I know I know what I'm going to get. I know the emails I'm going to get. I know the people who are going to call and complain. I, 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 I got it all. I, I remember it all. But when Mayor Kahana, Rabbi Mayor Kahana, set up the Jewish Defense League in New York City, now, now, the Jewish Defense League was set up around the same time as the Black Panthers. I mean, all these groups were setting up these uh, Jewish militant, these militant groups. Uh, but the Jewish Defense League, its specific goal was to protect the Jews of New York City. Its specific goal was to protect Jews from being hurt and being attacked. Now, now they've morphed into something else, something totally unrecognizable, something that, that was different than the original philosophy of the group. But the original philosophy of the group was a great idea. It was to say that Jews are strong, that Jews will stand up for themselves, and Jews will defend their interests and themselves if an enemy wants to come and attack them. The idea is a fantastic idea and should be adopted by every Jewish community in the world, including the state of Israel. The state of Israel should understand that their goal, that their, their only mission is the protection of the Jewish people living in the state of Israel. That is their mission. That is what they are there for. The government of the state of Israel is responsible for the safety of their citizenship. And by allowing terror attacks to happen in their country, to, uh, by, allowing, uh, co- by allowing other countries to attack them, by sitting in the UN and staying in the UN, when the UN is sponsoring anti-Israel and, and destroy Israel um, uh, activities, the government of Israel is failing their people. Failing them. Failing them greatly. And maybe the people of Israel should realize this. Maybe it's time for this government to go and to bring in somebody who cares about the people of Israel. Somebody, a, a group of people, a government that, that will stand up and will defend the state of Israel. That will not sit in an organization that calls for their destruction. That will not tolerate people within their country attacking and killing their citizens and calling for the destruction of their country. Not tolerate people in their government calling for the destruction of the state of Israel. It's time. It's time that Israel took a stand. I understand you want to be a democracy. I understand that you don't want to be compared to the Nazis. I get it all. But I also get the fact that 80 years in, 75 years in, it's time that Israel started asserting herself started saying, enough is enough. We're not going to take it anymore. That's really what's got to happen. I'm Howie Silberger. I will see you again uh, very shortly right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Thank you for joining me.